Okay, guys, we are um, progressing right along in our study of Daniel. We're, we've only got a few more weeks. We're in lesson lesson 20 today, and you know we've only got a few more chapters. Uh, we've actually got chapter 10, 11, and 12. We're going to go through 10 today, but we've only got uh, four more lessons after this, and we'll be done with our study in Daniel. So we're in chapter 10 today. We're going to look at all of 10 and one verse of chapter 11. And it's kind of like a pause, all right, because when you get to chapter 11, it's going to be a final vision that Daniel is going to receive. And it's a pretty important vision. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing when you think about the vision because of some of which has already taken place, and you're going to see that because we're going to go through history. But this is kind of like the preparation before the final vision, and uh, so I want you to see what's happening here. Uh, so we're in chapter 10. We're going to talk about the heavenly messenger today uh, who comes to Daniel and some things from that. Uh, so let's look first of all at verses 1 to 3. And so I want you to notice with me, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. And in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Okay, so let's talk about the occasion here. First thing we're going to see is, again, we're now Daniel, remember before the visions were in the Babylonian kingdom under Belshazzar, now we're seeing a vision that's happening during the reign of the Medo-Persians, okay? So in the third year of Cyrus' reign, 536 B.C., a message was revealed to Daniel. So he's going to talk about, basically, he's not going to give us the details of this message. He's just going to give us some other details, okay? The message was true, but its fulfillment was in the distant future. So he wants to make a point here. This was a prophetic message. It's true, But the fulfillment of the message was way later on, okay, in the distant future. In fact, when you look at Daniel's perspective here, he's living in the 6th century before Christ, and here we are in the 21st century after Christ. So you're talking almost 3,000 years difference here. So it's far in the fulfillment, okay? First thing, next thing I want you to understand is Daniel understands this vision. Okay? Daniel understands this vision. So he understands what he was, he saw here. Alright? So he understands it. But because of the vision, Daniel mourned for three full weeks. Okay? But because of the vision, he's upset. He mourned. For three full weeks. Now, let me just stop for a moment. We've already seen from the other visions when he's upset about what he's seeing. Why is he upset? Anybody remember? What's the issue that makes Daniel upset? I mean, he understands this is in the future, 
So it's not going to be about him, but he's still mourning. His people. Okay, Mike said his people. Uh, and some of you are like, whispering. Okay. Wake up this morning, speak out. Okay. All right, so he's mourning for his people because his heart is for his people. So again, I just want to remind you, the perspective of prophecy here is always has to do with the people of Israel. That's even true in the New Testament with regards to prophecy. Now, some of you say, well, we're the church. What about the church, the church, the church? Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. We're the wild olive branches, according to Romans chapter 9, 10, 11, that were grafted into the olive tree. Who's the olive tree? Israel. You need to understand, we don't become the olive tree. There's, I know there's some today who say that the church is the new Israel. We don't become the new, we don't become Israel. We don't become the olive tree. We, as a church, are grafted into it. That is, we share in the promises and the benefit of the relationship that Israel has with God. Right now, God is upset with Israel, and they're being dealt with, but there's going to take time in the future, which is what Daniel's prophecy is about, where all of that's going to come to a head. It's all going to end. And what we see here, so what he sees in this vision is causing him to mourn because he realizes that it's, it's going to affect his people. Now, here's, here's what it's causing him to do now, which I think is interesting because we've lost this. He fasted from desirable food, meat, and wine. So he, he enters into a fast here. Now, most of us, when we think of fasting, we think of fasting in terms of stopping to eat food. Some of us who are misinformed think of stopping to eat food and no water. You can't do that. Fasting in, in, in the ancient times did not include the absence of water because you can't go for a long period of time without water or you will die. Okay? You can go, the maximum is 40 days without food. Don't try that. Okay? you got to work your way to that. you got to be disciplined to do that. And that will wreak havoc on your body. All right? Now, Daniel is fasting here. This is often referred to by some of those who write concerning spiritual disciplines as the Daniel fast. Here, Daniel decides to fast, but he's not abstaining himself from all food. Okay? He's only abstaining himself from what? Desirable food. Okay? And from meat. And from wine. Now, in their day, they drank wine more than they drank water. Does everybody understand why? Okay? How many of you have been to Mexico? How many of you drank the water? How many of you regretted drinking the water? Lori and I did on our honeymoon. That was terrible. We had dysentery for three weeks. Okay? And we were trying to be careful. Okay? The reality is, listen to me, that mostly back then they drank wine. Okay? They drank wine instead of water. Okay? Instead of water. Because especially in... You have to understand, think about this for a moment, especially if you're in an arid desert area where there's very little water anyhow. And what they would do is, is they would, yeah, they would have streams, and David talks about drinking from a cool brook or a cool well. 
But most of them would have what they call cisterns. And anybody know what a cistern is? You've read about it in the Old Testament. Basically, it's, it's, it's a, like a water container that's dug out of stone. Okay? And they would store rainwater in there. All right? Now, how many of you have ever seen a rain barrel? Ever looked inside a rain barrel? You want to drink from that? Okay. In fact, what would happen sometimes is is that these cisterns would crack and leak out water, so they would end up actually being rubbish pits. All right, they would be rubbish pits where they would throw your garbage in there. So and and also you know would fill up with sediment. So remember when De- when uh, Jeremiah the prophet Jeremiah was punished and put down in a cistern, it said he was in muck up to his what armpits. That was an old cistern that was basically used to put rubbish in and stuff, okay? So the reality is, is that, so he's fasting here. He's going to fast from that which is pleasing to him. So he's fasting from desirable food. He's fasting from all meat. And he's fasting from wine. So he's still eating, okay? He's eating vegetables probably, not the desirable vegetables. I mean, that's that would be hard for me, okay? But the point is, is that's a type of fast. That, you know, if you've ever thought about fasting because you're wanting to know what God wants from you and you're seeking God's face, you can fast this way. Okay? You can fast this way. All right? Let's go on. Daniel did not care for his outward appearance during the fast. So the other thing he didn't do is he didn't take care of the way he looked. He didn't take care of the way he looked. Now, we do take care of the way we look, right? How many of you, when you get up in the morning, before you had your first cup of coffee, before you even took the shower and you look in the mirror, how many of you like what you see when you first get up? Your hair's all wonked out. you got a bad hair day. And you don't like what you see, so you do what? You take care of yourself. You try to take care of your appearance because you don't want to walk around being seen like that. That's just normal human behavior. Daniel is mourning to the point where he doesn't care anymore. Have you been been that way? Where you're grieving and it, it really doesn't matter anymore? So he's fasting and he doesn't care for his appearance. So this is the occasion, okay? He's fasting and he doesn't care for what's happening and how he looks. Now notice something now. He again is going to be visited by a messenger. Look with me at verses 4 through 11. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, so of course he's in Babylon, all right, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, upon whose uh, waist was girded with the gold of Uphaz. His body was like burl. His face was like the appearance of lightning. His eyes like torches of fire. His arms and feet like burnished bronze in color. And the sound of his voice like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but were in great, but a great terror fell upon them that they fled and hid themselves. Therefore, 
I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. And suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words I speak to you. Stand upright, for I know, for I have been, I have been sent to you. And while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Okay, so let's notice what's going on here. First of all, the location, Daniel was standing beside the river Tigris. So again, he's in Babylon still. This time he's serving the Persian king. So he's, this is sometime after the fasting has begun. And he's standing by the river Tigris. Okay. Daniel sees a man clothed in white with a belt of gold. So he sees some kind of being. He describes him as a man who is clothed in white with a belt of gold. The man had a dazzling bright appearance. So he's obviously not just your normal human dude. Okay? He's got a dazzling bright appearance. And the sound of his voice was like the voice of a multitude. And what he means by that is when he spoke, it was like hearing many voices at one time speaking. That's what he's saying here, a voice of a multitude. Okay? It's like many voices speaking at one time. I think, you know, the closest thing that we could think of is like when you're in a game and everybody chants at the same time a slogan or whatever, you know, like the Kerwinsville Clearfield varsity basketball game was this Friday. And, you know, of course, Kerwinsville won. And, you know, there's this chanting going on in their little gym there. Uh, that's, you know, that's reflecting Kerwinsville. You know what I'm saying? And they're all, both sides are doing it back to each other. It's a, the voice all of a sudden of one time of a multitude speaking. That's what this guy's sounding like. Now he's not saying Kerwinsville, okay? But he's speaking and his voice sounds like many voices at one time. So Daniel alone saw the messengers, but those with him fled in terror. Okay, so they didn't see the guy. But the presence of the guy filled the hearts of those who were with Daniel with a dread or a fear, and they fled. Now, this has happened one other time before. What do you mean, George? In the Bible, remember Paul on the road to Damascus? He sees a vision of Jesus, and those who were with him, did they see a vision? No. In fact, Paul's testimony is, is they knew something was going on. They maybe saw a bright light, but they didn't see Jesus themselves. Only, only Paul saw it. Did they, did they hear Jesus speak? No, they didn't hear the words, but they knew something was going on, and they were filled with terror as well. So it's very possible, what we see here is the same type of experience, okay, where God's presence in this messenger, this angel is there. Daniel sees him. It's terrifying enough for Daniel to see him, but the experience is such that the presence is enough to affect the other guys around him, okay? The experience is such that the, that the, the presence of this messenger 
affects the other guys around him. And they take off. They're like, I'm out of here. We're leaving. Okay? Let's look at the next slide. Daniel felt his strength leave him, and he became weak and frail. Okay? Daniel felt his strength leave him, and he became weak and frail. Basically, what do you think is happening with Daniel here? Yeah, he is terrorized. Okay? Terrorized. Ever been in an experience like that? Do you, you understand that terror that gets in you? Now, do you understand how Daniel's feeling? So he, he felt his strength leave him and became weak and frail. Now, Daniel prostrated himself on his face and fell into a deep sleep. Again, this has happened in the scripture before. What do you mean? Think about Abraham. Remember, Abraham was commanded to take animals and, you know, and sacrifice them and place them in halves as, like, you know, you know, in, in a certain way to have a ritual, and as he's waiting for God to meet with him, he falls into a deep sleep as well. All right? He falls into a deep sleep as well. So Daniel here, he's prostrated himself, and, and from the description we see in the Scripture, basically how he prostrates himself, he is on his face, on his knees, okay? That's how he's prostrating himself. Like, for instance, have you seen how the Muslims pray? Have you seen that on the news, how they pray? That's called prostrating. That's basically what Daniel's doing here. But he falls into a deep sleep. Okay, so then what we see is, is the messenger, who's not identified, speaks to Daniel. So, first of all, the messenger touched Daniel while he was prostrated. Now, notice now the re- how Daniel responds physically to the touch. So something's different here. Look with me. At verse 10, he said, Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees in the palms of my hands. So obviously there's something different about this being that's touching him, so it makes him tremble. All right? So the messenger told Daniel, again, notice now, this is what Gabriel said to him in the last prophecy, remember, when he came to give him the explanation. He says to Daniel, Daniel, you're greatly loved. You're beloved. Who's he talking about? Who's loving Daniel? God is. Okay? So let me just stop for a moment. If you are a child of God, if you're a believer, you've placed your trust in him and you belong to him, the reality is, is you need to understand how God sees you is what? He loves you. You're beloved by him. All right? You're greatly beloved by God. All right? So the messenger tells Daniel that. Now let me just stop for a moment. Why do you think he's got to tell Daniel that? It's a pretty obvious answer. Why do you think he's got to tell Daniel that? First thing he's got to tell him. What's that, Danny? Yeah, settle him down. Okay, because, I mean, if it's all of a sudden this white being shows up, eyes blazing like fire. He's got a, a, a real spectacular appearance to him. He touches you, you're like trembling, okay? Would you be freaked out? Would you be wondering if you're going to be alive? Did you know what I'm saying? So the comfort, and notice now, whenever angels talk, you can go through the Scripture, Old and New Testament, whenever angels talk to people, 
usually what they say is, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Here, this angel is saying to Daniel, hey, you're greatly beloved. You're special. So it's, it's words of comfort, okay? Words of comfort. Now, let me just stop. It's, it's an interesting thing you need to realize when you look at this because angel, this, you know, the, this whole angelology thing that goes on, how many of you know about that? You, maybe people, you see it on Facebook, they talk about what their angel's doing and all of that. This kind of a spiritism that's out there. It kind of reappears and, and disappears. It's, it's even prevalent sometimes in our Protestant circles. It's obviously very prevalent in Catholic circles. Here's the reality I want you to understand. Or if my angel did this for me and blah, blah, blah. You know, you know that's, that's okay if people want to say that. Don't get into an argument with them. But for your sake, for your knowledge, you need to understand that when we look in the Bible, people who come in contact with angels usually are freaked out. Does everybody understand me? They're scared to death of the presence of an angelic being. Okay? And it's not the, you know, the little cherubs, you know, you see around, we just had Valentine's Day, okay? You know, it's not like that. Or it's not like, you know, some, some full-figured woman with wings coming off in a long flowing gown, you know, ready to help you out. No, it's not that. These are beings that are so spectacular that when people come in contact, when the Old Testament and New Testament saints come in contact, they're freaked out. Okay? So we, we keep everything in perspective. So here he is. He's trying to give words to Daniel that he's greatly beloved. Let's go on. He calls Daniel to stand and that he was sent to him. So he says, hey, Daniel, stand up. Get off your face. I'm sent to you. Okay, I'm sent to you. So then notice now the explanation he gives. Look with me at verse 12 through 14. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have become because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me Twenty-one days. Behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Okay, so let's take a look here. First of all, from the first day that Daniel set himself to understand, the messenger was sent. So he's heard. From the very beginning, he's heard. Now, I think that's a comfort to you and I. How many of you pray and sometimes you feel like God doesn't hear you? You don't need to raise your hand, but you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? You pray. You've maybe been praying for a long time about an issue, and you just don't see nothing happening there. And you begin to wonder, does God even care? Does, does God even hear me? Hey, this is the second time in Daniel that he's been told, hey, from the moment you began to pray and to humble yourself before God, you were heard. From the very beginning. Now, here we're going to see a reason why the, the answer was delayed, but the reality is that God hears us. Okay? Now, Scripture does tell us, though, 
that there are reasons why he doesn't hear us. What are the reasons why he doesn't hear us? Yeah, sin. If you've got sin in your life you're not dealing with, he doesn't hear you. All right? The messenger was hindered by the prince of Persia for 21 days. So the reason why the messenger hasn't come and given him the response that he needed to give immediately is he was hindered by the prince of Persia. Now, we're not talking about the literal, you know, we're not talking about Cyrus's son here. Okay? We're talking here about a what? A demon. Scripture refers to demonic forces as principalities or princes. Okay? So the messenger, this angel, was hindered by an evil angel for 21 days. All right? So he was hindered in coming and speaking to Daniel. In fact, the angel needed to have some help So the angel Michael came to help the messenger. So here we see another angel that's being named. Before we've seen Gabriel. Now we're seeing another important angel whose name is Michael. All right? And so the angel Michael came to help the messenger. And so the messenger has come to help him understand what will happen to Israel in the latter days. All right, let's stop again. Remember what I told you. When we talk about prophecy in the Scripture, it's not so much prophecy about the church. Let me just stop for a moment. It isn't even prophecy about America. Do you understand what I'm saying? So forget some of those new books that are out there like the Harbanger and some of this other stuff that's coming out there that you can find at your local Christian bookstore. Okay? It's not about America. It's not about the church. Prophecy is about who? Israel, okay, it's about the Jewish people and what will happen to them in the latter days, okay, in the latter days. So the vision concerns what will take place in the far future. So he's telling Daniel, this is what's going to take place in the far future. All right? In the far future. So let's look now. We're going to look at verse 15 through verse 1 of chapter 11. And we'll see a little bit more of what he's saying here. Verse 15. So when he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face towards the ground and became speechless. Suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. And I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I retain no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. For when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And he said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. And he said, do you know why I've come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. And I tell you, What is noted in the scripture of truth? 
No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. And also, in the first year of Darius the Mede, I, even I, stood up to confirm and strengthen him. Okay, so let's talk about what's going on here. We see a prophet who's strengthened. First of all, Daniel reacts to the messenger's words by becoming speechless and again looking to the ground. So he becomes speechless. It's, it's so overwhelming to him what's going on, what he's hearing, this being who's talking to him, the fact that God's heard his prayers, he's coming to answer his prayers. He becomes speechless and he looks through the ground. All right? So he's not, he doesn't, he's got a humble attitude. He's not cocky here. He looks through the ground. So then notice now, Daniel was strengthened by an angel who touched his lips. So an angel comes to him, touches his lips, and strengthens him. Now, Daniel explains that the vision caused him to be overwhelmed with sorrows. So again, whatever he saw causes him to be overwhelmed with deep grief and to be overwhelmed by that. Now, let me just stop for a moment. I think we can understand the kind of thing that he's experiencing. Like, for instance, how many of you have ever gotten a report about someone you love or somebody you care for, and it wasn't a good report? And you knew what was going to happen to them, and there's nothing you can do about it. Does that ever grieve you? Does it affect your day? Does it affect your week? Sometimes longer? Okay. This is the kind of thing that's affecting Daniel here. He's got, he understands the vision, he understands it has to do with his people, and he's overwhelmed with sorrows because of what he's hearing, what he's seeing. Okay. Daniel explains that he cannot talk with the messenger because he has no strength left in him. He's like, man, I, I came to talk to you because I'm, I'm totally weak. I have no strength left in me. Because basically, listen, he's not been, for, for, for 21 days at least now, he's been fasting. He's not been eating any, any good food. He's not been eating any meat, so he's got no protein coming into him. He's just each, eating blah vegetables, okay, and he's probably drinking the water, you know, so it's not good, so he's weak, and he tells them that, and then again, an angel touches and, strength, touches and strengthens Daniel again, so again, an angel takes care of Daniel here, physically touches him, and he's strengthened again, and then notice now, Daniel is told to be strong. Be strong. That's interesting. Why would he say that to him? I mean, he's just, he's overwhelmed with the news of what's going to happen to his people. And the angel comes and says, you strengthen him and says, hey, you just be strong. You hang in there. You strengthen yourself. Okay? You be strong. Being strengthened, Daniel requests the messenger to speak to him. So he's like, okay. He's strengthened now. Well, go ahead and talk to me. Tell me. I'm not worthy. Talk to me. All right? So then notice now the messenger's purpose. The messenger asked Daniel if he knows why he has come. So, Daniel, do you know why I've come to you? I've come to help you out a little bit here, buddy. 
So the angel states that he must return to battle against the prince of Persia. Again, so he's not talking about battling against Cyrus here. He's talking about the demonic influences over a nation. Let's stop for a moment. Do you realize that? The Gentile nations have over them demonic forces that are guiding them. Do you realize that? It's in Scripture. Here's one of the most important places. Where else? Isaiah. Okay. Isaiah tells us that. Gentile nations, because they're godless nations. Well, we're a Christian nation. No, we're not. Get, get real about that. Okay. All right. Christians are a minority in, in our nation. Yes, many people say they're Christians, but that's not, they're not necessarily embracing that completely. You know that. All right. So let me just stop for a moment. So Gentile nations have over them demonic influences. The United States would be included in that, guys. Okay? The U.S. would be included in that. So he's saying here he's going to go back and battle against the demonic forces that are over Persia, the prince of Persia. Okay? So he goes on here now, and he says at some point the prince of Greece will join the battle. The demonic forces over Greece are going to join the battle against what? God's people. And we know that, right, because we already know from the prophecies who's going to show up on the scene and wipe out Persia. Alexander the Great from Macedonia, which is Greece. And then his kingdom is going to be divided among his what? Four Greek generals, and thus begins a period of history known as the Hellenistic period there in the empire right before what happens? The Roman Empire takes over. Okay? So, at some point, he says, the prince of Greece will join the battle. And he goes on here, and he says, the messenger states that he will tell him what is noted in the scripture of truth. So he's going to tell him the truth. He's going to tell him what the word of God is, what is noted the prof- so he's making a point here about the prophecy. It is what? The scripture of truth. He's going to tell him what this means. And so here's what he's saying. The angel has been fighting since the first year of Darius. Now you're saying, wait a minute now. I know who Cyrus is, George. Who in the world is Darius? Okay. Darius, many scholars believe, is the same guy Cyrus. It just happens to be the Babylonian reference to him. Okay, to Babylon, he was known as Darius. All right, so it's the same guy, Cyrus or Darius. So the angel says he's been in conflict since the first year of Darius, since what? Since Persia took over. All right, so here's what he's saying. And here's what the angel is saying. He strengthened Darius, who issued a decree for the exiles to return to Israel. All right, so let's stop for a moment. That happened 70 years after what? They left Israel, the defeat of Israel by the Babylonians. 70 years later, the Persian king Cyrus, or Darius, issues a decree for the Jewish exiles to what? Return back to Jerusalem. Okay? In fact, here's what here's what um, Ezra chapter... 1 verse 1 in 2 Chronicles chapter 36 22 say. 
Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdoms and also put it in writing, saying what? And so the following scripture there would tell you that what? He gave a decree that the, that the Jewish exiles could return. So here's what, here's what the angel is saying in verse 1. He says, I stood up and confirmed and strengthened him. Who's he talking about? I made sure that Darius could do this, is what the angel is saying. Okay? So the angel is helping to orchestrate what? Events that are taking place in the future. Okay? Or are taking place in his time. Now next week, we're going to see the angel explaining now the vision that he saw that overwhelmed him. Okay? Next week, we're going to see the explanation of this vision. 